You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. We're the business development resource for group practice owners, where we talk candidly about business ownership and leadership. From practice building tips to live coaching to real talk episodes with other group practice owners, we're the resource you've been looking for to help you grow your group practice. I'm your host, group practice owner and entrepreneur, Maureen Werbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is an online EHR, practice management, and billing software designed for mental health professionals. Therapy Notes has everything you need to manage patient records, schedule appointments, create rich documentation, and bill insurance right at your fingertips. They offer free and unlimited live support seven days a week. Their streamlined software is accessible wherever and whenever you need it. To get two free months, go to www.therapynotes.com forward slash r forward slash the group practice exchange. Need a new accountant or bookkeeper? Meet Green Oak Accounting, an accounting firm that works specifically with private practices. They do all of your accounting needs from budgeting to accounting to bookkeeping and payroll to building your dashboard. On top of that, they can help you set up your profit first systems. Go to greenoakaccounting.com and mention the group practice exchange for $100 off your first month. Do you feel like your mindset as a CEO sucks? Um, It's something that I have thought a lot about myself, as I've mentioned in previous podcast episodes, and those of you that know me know that embracing and stepping into the CEO mindset wasn't something that came easily for me, and it was something that I had to nurture and really work on throughout the course of the past decade of owning businesses. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things that I learned to embrace as a CEO in terms of my mindset. Um, And hopefully they're helpful nuggets for you as a new or established CEO business owner yourself. The first is around people pleasing and not feeling like you're good enough, whether that's to be a business owner good enough at specific tasks that you have as a business owner. It was something that I struggled with myself a lot. And really, it took a lot of coaching and work on my own part to get to a point where I was able to acknowledge that a lot of my scarcity mindset, my fear-based mindset really came down to people-pleasing and feeling like I wasn't doing enough and I wasn't good enough as a person, as a business owner. Um, And that really kind of led how I saw myself as a business owner. And so when I was able to acknowledge that, it made a really big difference because I was able to then really constructively look at how I was running my business, how I was presenting myself to my team, to my teammates, to the other leadership members of of my group practice and in my other businesses and really see were there things that I needed to fix that I could work on and and be better at um, and or where was it about my need to people please at the expense of my own sanity at the expense of the success of my business and um, you know looking at that was really helpful I see this happening a lot with group practice owners when it comes to compensation. And one of the things that really 
was helpful for me as a business owner in not feeling like I needed to people please on an individual basis and feeling like I wasn't doing good enough or I wasn't doing enough as a business owner, especially around compensation, was really looking at what we were offering and taking an an objective look at the pay, the uh, comparison to other businesses in the area, to benefits that we were offering to other perks outside of benefits, whether it's, um, you know, offering snacks or food or meals or allowing telework when it isn't COVID time. You know, what what is the combination of benefits, perks, and compensation? And looking at it objectively, I was able to say, I feel really good about this. I feel like this is a really fair and competitive compensation package as a whole. And getting to that point and being able to look at that and really say, yeah, this is really fair. This I'm doing, I'm doing all I can. And this feels really good to me. Made it uh, feel easier when the people pleasing part of me would want to come up and offer another benefit or give something else up. And um, so I think this is something that a lot of group practice owners and business owners in general struggle with when it comes to people pleasing, whether that's around compensation or other things. And, and feeling good enough is, um, you know, wanting to support each person individually versus looking at the team as a whole and making sure that you're not sacrificing the health of the business. And um, so that was that's my my first little hack in, in terms of my mindset as a CEO is looking at the people pleasing slash good enough, not good enough part of my brain and kind of dissecting it and looking at it and observing it and and looking at what I need to do to shift that mindset. The um, the other one was being able to acknowledge my strengths and hire out for areas that aren't my strength. Um, I don't remember what book it was, but I feel like it's shifted how I hire, especially when it comes to leadership, is I hire people who can do the work, whether it's in terms of administrative stuff or in terms of supervision and leadership. But my goal is to hire people into those positions who can do that work better than I can. And I know a lot of new business owners, ego is what's in in the front of the brain, whether we're aware of it or not, where as business owners, we feel like we need to be the most important person. When we don't feel like we're the most important person, we think that our teams are going to think, why are they even here? Um, And really, that couldn't be farther from the truth. The most successful businesses and the most successful business owners in terms of just their mental health um, and the happiest employees are the are the ones that are in businesses where leadership feels confident enough um, and has the abundance mindset to be able to really look at their team and say, I've hired people who can do this work better than I can. So they're supporting the business as a whole in a in a way that I I can't. I know my strengths, I know where I need support. Um, and that was a really big shift for me as a CEO. Uh, and I think is something that's really important for every business owner to be able to shift into that mindset of looking at who they hire and looking at where where their areas of strength lie and continuing to do that work as a business owner where where your areas of strength are but then where you're not where it's not a strong suit 
hire someone who can do that work. Um, and so, you know, as an example, my clinical director is really just a people person. And although workplace culture and family feel are really important to me, uh, as all of you know, I'm introverted, I'm quiet, I'm not the greatest person at uh, implementing that. And she is. And that's one of the big reasons why she's in the position that she's in is that's her strength. She does that better than I do. And that's why she's in that position. And I, I try to implement that strategy with every hire that I that I bring on is that they're bringing something to, to the table that I can't or that other therapists in the practice so far aren't able to bring. And so that's really a helpful piece uh, of advice to to think about when bringing on leadership or administrative team members. Along those lines is not making decisions in a silo and getting other people's opinions. And if you're a small business or a small group practice, you might not have a whole leadership team or administrative team to bounce ideas off of. And so when making decisions, I think it's totally appropriate to uh, in some degree, have your therapists that you do have be a part of the process. Now, they might not be the ultimate decision maker, of course, but including them in the decisions around benefits, what benefits to offer, this is a really great example of uh, not making decisions in a silo where it's just coming from your own head without getting the feedback of your team. Um, I initially brought on my first benefit being short, uh, not short-term disability, um, retirement matching. Because for me, it's really important that I feel like I can retire at a decent age and not have financial issues. And so retirement is just a big a big thing for me. And I assumed that it was important to everyone. And initially, not everyone took the short-term disability. Why do I keep saying short-term disability? <laughs> Take uh, the retirement matching. Oh, my goodness. Not everyone took the retirement matching, and I was really surprised by it, and I thought, why wouldn't they take it? We're matching. It's like free money. It's going towards retirement, um, and I realized that people value different things, and so in one area, as an example of not making decisions in a silo, might be in terms of making decisions around what benefits you're going to offer. Now, that doesn't mean you you know, say, what do you want, and just let everyone kind of you know, throw out what they want because it's likely that everyone wants different things and it's not going to be feasible. But it might mean that you put a survey out there and say, you know, you give options of a couple of things that you would be able to and willing to offer as benefits and see what the majority of people gravitate towards the most and offering that one thing instead of making the assumption that everyone's going to want, you know, X when really they might want Y. So not making decisions in a silo. Um, the other thing is accepting that um, others might not be happy with some decisions that you make. I think that's a really good mindset thing to work on because it's going to happen. It kind of goes along with my first point of, you know, people pleasing and, and not feeling like you're good enough and and looking into that is accepting that even in the decision of not working in a silo, right? Let's go back to the uh, benefits category. You will not, I mean, it will be very unlikely that every employee will with unanimously choose one benefit out of the three options you might give. It's very likely that it's going to be distributed among the three options. Some will want the short-term disabilities. Some might want the 
uh, retirement matching and some might want the health insurance. And at the end of the day, you likely will choose the one that got the most uh, votes, but you're going to make those that didn't vote for that may be unhappy, right? And so part of owning a business means accepting and learning to take in that sometimes your whole team is not going to be completely happy with a decision that you make. Um, and what I do to combat that is to remind myself, and when I make a decision, making sure that I'm doing it this way, that all my decisions are made with not only good intentions, but intentions aren't enough, right? But that I'm doing them in uh, with the idea that it's in the best interest of my team as a whole and of the business as a whole. That at the end of the day, when I make a decision, I'm making it uh, in uh, in the thought process of servant leadership, if you don't know what that is, it means that your main goal of a leader is to serve your team. And when you serve your team, you're likely making decisions from that viewpoint then. And so when a team member maybe isn't happy with a decision that you're making, you're able to accept that they're allowed to not be happy with that, but also that you can rest secure in the idea that you've made that decision to, you know, offer insurance versus the life insurance that they maybe wanted, that it was in the best interest of the business as a whole, the employees as a whole, and that you took what their opinion opinions were into consideration when you made your decision. Um, and that ultimately it wasn't done in malice. It wasn't done against the wishes of the business as a whole or in a way that really harms or hurts the employees in your business. Um, and then lastly is just being able to listen, have empathy, have foresight, and be radically candid as a business owner. And those are, I know I'm putting a lot of things into my last of my five CEO mindset um, hacks that I've learned to embrace is um, when I'm able to listen, when I'm able to have empathy, when I'm able to have foresight and in, in see a little bit into the future or make some good guesstimates about where things are going based off of how things are and be able to be radically candid with my team, that my team is also going to listen. They're also going to have empathy. They're also going to have some foresight and they're also going to be radically candid with me. And all of those things leads to a better workplace environment, a safer workplace environment, and one where every member of your team feels needed, wanted, supported, and included. So I hope that's a helpful uh, five things. I'll run through them really quickly again. Is uh, working through the people-pleasing and not good enough part that we all go through as business owners and as humans just in general. Two, acknowledging our strengths and hiring out for those things that are our weakness areas or not our strength areas. Um, and I guess I got to say, if it's a weakness area or a non-strength area, but it's something you want to work on, that's different. But if you have an area that is not your strong suit, like marketing, hire out for that and hire someone who can do it better than you. Um, don't make decisions in a silo. Get other people's opinions involved. Accept that not everyone is always going to be super happy with decisions that you make. But if you're making decisions collaboratively, at the end of the day, you're likely making a good decision on behalf of the business uh, as a whole. 
and do things with good intentions. Um, practice servant leadership. If you're making decisions and your main goal as a leader is to serve your team, you're l- more likely going to be making decisions that are in the best interest of your business and your team as a whole. And then lastly, listen, have empathy, have foresight, and be radically candid. Practice those things and model those things in your business, and your uh, CEO mindset is going to be that much better. I hope you all have a great day, and uh, I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. Like what you heard? Give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening from. Need extra support? Join The Exchange, a membership community just for group practice owners with monthly office hours, live webinars, and a library of trainings ready for you to dive into. Visit www.members.thegrouppracticeexchange.com forward slash exchange. See you next week.